Good morning. It's a pleasure to be here with you again at Starnes Cove Baptist Church and to be able to actually come into your home or your vehicle or maybe even your office, wherever you may be at this particular moment, and just share a word of God with you. I look forward to us being able to be back together again very soon, but until then, we'll continue these video messages. Well, if you have a copy of God's Word nearby, turn with me to Psalm 23. This is a series that I've been preaching for the last several weeks now, and this morning we will conclude with the last verse of Psalm 23. So let's look at the psalm in its entirety, and then I'm going to entitle the message, What is Your Final Destination? What is Your Final Destination? Psalm 23, beginning at verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you're with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And it's that last verse, the sixth verse, that is our emphasis in the message today. I read it once more. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I'm sure that most of you have had the experience of checking into an airport and uh, finding your ticket and checking your luggage and so forth, and sometimes they will ask you the question, what is your final destination? And of course, they're referring to the last city or the last airport that you're going to be going into. You may have a connecting flight, one or more, before you get to your final destination, so to speak. But if I were to ask you this morning the question, what is your final destination, how would you answer that? Well, if you're just finishing up high school and you're thinking about graduation, you may think that graduation from high school is your final destination, or getting a college degree, or maybe getting married is your final destination, or having children, or getting that dream job that you always wanted, or being able to retire someday. A lot of people look at these things as sort of final destinations along the way of life. Well, the truth is we have a final destination, and that final destination ultimately is going to be eternity. And for Christians, thankfully, we get to spend our eternity with God in heaven forevermore, and we can rejoice in that. In fact, the last word of Psalm 23 is the word forever. And it reminds us that as we live, there is a final destination in mind. Well, as we look at Psalm 23, verse 6 today, 
I want to share with you three wonderfully encouraging truths that will help you with every destination you ever encounter in life, and they will help you also with your final destination when you are with the Lord in heaven. And so let's look at these three wonderful truths today. First of all, God's goodness is watching over me. God's goodness watches over us as as His people. We're told that goodness follows us all the days of our lives. Goodness is coming behind us all the time in our lives. Now, that doesn't mean that everything that happens to us is going to be good, but it does mean that we have a sovereign God who's able to take all the circumstances and all the difficulties of life, and He can cause the end result of it to be good for those of us who are sheep of His pasture. I'm reminded of that great verse in the New Testament, Romans 8.28, that says, For we know that all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and those who are called according to His purpose. God is a good God, and He always does good to His people. The Scripture bears that out. Psalm 100 and verse 5 says, The Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. Uh, You go anywhere you want to in the world, you will find evidence of the goodness of God. Psalm 33, 5 says, The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. One of our problems, though, is simply this. We tend to take God's goodness for granted. Sometimes we don't realize just how good that God really is and how we benefit from His goodness every day. It kind of reminds me of the story of this father who kind of got fed up with his small children and their materialistic attitudes, always wanting this, always wanting that, and not being thankful for the things they had. And so this well-meaning, well-intentioned father set his little children down, and he told them a story. He said, kids, you don't realize how good that you have it. When I was a boy, I had to get up before daylight and go deliver newspapers. And then I had to walk to school in the rain and in the snow. And then after school, I worked in a grocery store, and even then, I didn't always have everything that I wanted. Well, those little kids looked at their daddy telling that story. Their eyes were about as big as coconuts. And uh, finally, uh, the four-year-old spoke up to him and said, Wow, Dad, wow, Dad. I bet you're glad that you live with us now. (laughs) Well, sometimes we don't realize how good that we have it, do we? God is so good to us, and this psalm tells us that God's goodness will follow us. But not only that, the second great truth in this passage, God's grace is working in me. God's goodness is watching over me. God's grace is working in me. Not only does goodness follow us, but mercy follows us. Now, mercy is just the flip side of grace, so to speak. In fact, mercy is the result of grace. 
Isaiah 60 and verse 10 in the New Living Translation says it this way. God says, I will have mercy on you through my grace. So God's mercy to us is actually an extension of his grace. So we're told in this sixth verse that it is a sure thing that goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives. Now remember, this is a shepherd's psalm. And shepherds, shepherds do not drive sheep from the behind, pushing them on. Shepherds lead sheep from the front, encourage them to go, encouraging them to go in the way that he's going. Uh, that's how sheep are led. And so since the shepherd was up front watching out for what's ahead and looking for green pastures and still waters and uh, any dangers that might be around, while the shepherd is on guard for that, typically the shepherd would have a few sheepdogs, usually two sheepdogs, that would be following along the herd from behind, watching over the sheep, from behind, and if he and if one of those dogs saw a sheep that was hurt or injured, he would start barking to alert the shepherd. If one of the sheep went off on another path, the the sheep dog would bark and alert the shepherd to the danger that was going on. And so God is saying to us in this twenty third psalm that it's like there are two sheep dogs in our lives that are constantly following us around. One of them is named goodness, and the other one is named mercy. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. We need both God's goodness and God's mercy, don't we? We need God's goodness for our steps. We need His mercy for our stumbles. God's goodness supplies me. God's mercy soothes me. God's goodness helps me. God's mercy heals me. God's goodness provides. God's mercy pardons. And I love Lamentations chapter 3 verse 22 that says, though the Lord's, or through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. God is being merciful to us. He's being good to us. And how long will he be good and merciful? All the days of our lives will have God's goodness and God's mercy for as long as we live. Dr. Harry Ironside, uh, Ironside was a great preacher who used to pastor the Moody Church in Chicago. He told the story one time about a dear old lady who lived by herself, and somehow this woman, she was a very devout Christian, lived close to the Lord, but somehow as she became a, a little bit senile, uh, her mind began to uh, do some strange things. And this little old lady developed a phobia that there were two men who followed her around all the time. They went everywhere she went, and, and she would panic. And she went to see psychiatrists and counselors, and, and uh, they could not help. She would regularly call the police 
about these two men following her, and the police would show up to find out that there was no one around. She would tell the police, when I get on the streetcar, those two men, they follow me. When I come home, they're right behind me. When I go into my bedroom, they're right there uh, at my bed. And uh, so this is just the torment this lady was going through. And so finally she went to see her pastor. And she said, Pastor, I have a really big problem and no one has been able to help me with this problem. I know I'm getting older and up in years, and uh, maybe my mind is playing tricks on me. I don't know. But preacher, I just have this sense that there are two men who are always following me around. They follow me to the grocery store. They follow me home. They follow me into the bedroom. Wherever I am, those men are there. And the pastor said, well, have you reported it to the police? And the elderly lady said, well, I have, but the police tell me that it's all in my mind, that there's nobody who's really there. Well, all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit of God spoke to that pastor's heart as only God can and gave him the words to say on this occasion. The pastor walked over to this dear, sweet Christian lady, put his arm around her and said, do you know you are one of the most blessed women I've ever met. She said, I am? How do you figure that? And the pastor said, don't you know who those two men are? And the lady said, no, who are they? The pastor said, they are David's friends. You remember the 23rd Psalm, don't you? In the sixth verse, he said, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And the pastor said, Dear sweet lady, those two that are following you around all the time, that's goodness and that's mercy, and they've been sent by God to help you. And from that moment on, that woman was never afraid again. And she lived her life knowing that whatever else was happening in her life, what was real, what was not real, she knew this for sure. The mercy and the goodness of God were following her all the days of her life. But I'm here to say this morning, based on this psalm, that there are not only two wonderful truths here, but there are three wonderful truths. We've noticed that God's goodness is watching over me. The second truth is God's grace is working in me. But the third truth is God's glory is waiting for me. Now this sixth verse is connected by the word and. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's talking about this life, but it's talking about what is to come in the beyond. And David had one goal. He had one final destination in mind in his life, and that was to be in heaven, to be in the presence of the Lord. And David realized, when I leave this world, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, you know, that's our final destination, isn't it? No matter where else we go, 
no matter what else that we may do in this life, we need to be ready and prepared to go to heaven. And I hope you're prepared. I hope you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior. And if you've repented of your sins and placed saving faith in Christ and surrendered to His Lordship, and He lives in your life, you can know, just as David did, that when you leave this world, that you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. As a Christian, God always has something to pull us on toward the future. And heaven pulls us on from this world to a better world where we know God's glory is waiting for us. As a Christian, we can always say the best is yet to come. I heard a story a few years ago about a woman who had been diagnosed with a terminal illness. She'd been given three months to live, and so she started to get her affairs in order, and one of the things that she wanted to do was to plan her funeral service with the help of her pastor. And so her pastor came over to visit with her uh, one afternoon, and they went through the plans for the service, and then the lady said, you know, I want to be buried uh, when people come by the casket, I want them to see me uh, with, with my favorite Bible right next to me. And then, Pastor, there's one more thing. Uh, I want there to be a fork, a fork in my right hand. And the pastor looked at her with an unusual look on his face, and he said, a fork in your right hand? And the lady said, yes, Pastor, that's exactly what I want. And let me explain it to you why that I want it to be that way. You see, I can remember so many times in life, times when I was growing up as a child, times as, as an adult, when I would be at a table that had a great meal on it and I would enjoy the food. And I remember church banquets that we had where we would enjoy wonderful meals together. But she said, usually something took place in that meal that I always look forward to. When they would get, when I would get finished with the main part of the meal, usually someone would say, keep your fork. Keep your fork. And she said, that was, Pastor, that was always a signal to me that something good was getting ready to happen. That I was going to have a piece of chocolate cake or apple pie, or I was going to have some other kind of a good dessert, something sweet and something wonderful was getting ready to come my way, and so they told me, keep my fork. And I did, and I was never disappointed. And so when people come by and they file by the casket and they see me, I want them to see my Bible by my side. I want them to see this fork in my hand. And pastor, they're probably going to ask you the question, a fork? What's the fork about? And pastor, I want you to tell them in the funeral service why that fork is there. And so the, lay, the pastor stood up at her funeral, and of course many people had been asking the question, what's with the fork? Why is the fork there? He said, I'll tell you in the funeral service. And so that day the pastor stood up, and he said to the people, he said, This dear lady had the Lord as her shepherd, and because of that, the best was always yet to come. 
and even in death, that fork as a reminder that God has something wonderful, God has something sweet that is in store for her and for all of us as the people of God. And so, my dear Christian friend, in the middle of troubling and uncertain times, with all that we've been going through in the last few weeks and months, and with all that life may hold in front of us, you can be assured that Psalm 23 verse 6 is true. In this life, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. You can be assured of that. And when you leave this life, the next part of the verse you can be assured of too, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And when you know the Lord and you have Him as your shepherd and you're one of the sheep of His pasture, you can be assured that heaven will one day be your home. Well, I've enjoyed the 23rd Psalm. And I hope you have too. And I pray that you'll take the words of this passage and that you'll put them into practice in your life on a daily basis. God bless you and thank you for listening to the message today.